Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everyone and welcome to the third and final of our uh, special Dresden podcast. We've just not long uh, made our way back from the DDV Stadion where Everton unfortunately uh, lost on a penalty shootout to Betis and so finished the tournament with just two points and we've just watched uh, what we believe was well, Brett Bremen in the penalty shootout of beating Dresden so we think it's Betis who have won the tournament. I think Everton have probably finished last, haven't they? So, But it's pre-season, it's not about the results, is it Greg? And it's about performances and, and experimenting and, and, and fitness and I guess you know fitness has probably been the biggest thing that we've got from this this couple of days because you know barring the odd, the odd individual the performances haven't been anything particularly exciting or anything to shout home about so I mean let's talk about the, the areas of the team one by one then and let's look at the defence including the goalkeeper have, have you seen, seen any performances from anybody um over the past couple of days that have given you kind of comfort or, or sort of reason for, for optimism? I think Martin Stekellenberg in what I saw him yesterday, I was impressed by his distribution. I thought, um, I still think Everton needs, if they're serious about having a go next season, uh, in the coming seasons under Ronald Koeman, they need a, a proper, you know, defined number one. They need to go and spend big on a goalkeeper. Yeah. But I think in the in the meantime, Stick Allenberg's for me a notch up from Joel Robles. He looked reliable. He looked like he did, did everything well, um, if not brilliantly, but well. And I, I liked his place kicking. At fault his... for the goal though on Friday night, the opening one. Yeah, lack um, of communication with Seamus. I think that's a little bit mitigated by the fact that it was the first time they played together. All oh, the second time was I it? I think second. I think they both played. It's, it's early days, isn't it? I think between him and, and the back line, he's getting to know them. But no, you're right. It wasn't. It wasn't very good communication. Uh, one of them, either one of them, should have cleared it. Um, but then Robles has had a lot longer, and you know he he was at fault partly in the goal today. I thought he could have done better with mm. um, with Betis's goal. So not he wasn't at fault, but I thought he could have done better. Yes, yeah, way. yeah. So yeah, I was I was kind of infused a little bit by Stick Allenberg, and then looking across the defence, really. Um, I've never really known what to make of Mason Holgate and I've had a very kind of ambivalent attitude to him. You know, obviously when we when he was signed, came through Barnes the youth youth system and he was ticking all the boxes of another kind of uh, gem plucked from, from from the Tykes. But I've seen a little bit from him during this tour about what people think about why people think highly of him. Mm. Particularly comfortable on the ball, pretty unflappable, um, uses it well. Seemingly quite robust defensively, so that's, that's been a positive. Do you, do you think Mason, because you know, maybe we haven't spoken a great deal about Mason, do you feel that you're perhaps not yet ready for um, being a Premier League centre-half or, or being an option for the manager at centre-half? Definitely not ready for Premier League. Yeah, so, so bearing that in mind then, uh, uh, right back, is, well, he, is he the answer to the, as we understand it, Ronald wants to bring in a right back to provide Seamus with competition and, and pressure for his yeah. place? Is Mason the lad to do that? No, uh, in short, he isn't. But the thing is, in the meantime, he is an option. Mm. He is a credible option. This is what we're looking at before Everton do anything in the market. You've got to almost assume that they they mightn't. And that's not to say they won't. But looking at the squad as it is, 
have they got solutions to the, the various um, issues affecting mm. the squad? Yeah. And I think probably that's what I'm getting at. Holgate suggested that he can deputise in the short term. In the long term, I think you need someone to really push Seamus. And I'm not sure a 20-year-old, 19-year-old lad yeah, does he's that. He's 20 now, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he does that really with enough kind of compelling mm. force to really keep Seamus on his toes. Um, interesting one for you then, because unfortunately the likelihood is he won't be here at the end of the summer, but... John Stones actually played pretty well in the, in the two, you know, a, a short cameo today, but 70 minutes on Friday, and actually played very well, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, he was very professional. What we expect from him, really, kind of ticked over nicely, did things uh, with a bit of style, a bit of composure and assuredness. But that, that aside, I just think we need, we need to move towards some clarity on this situation. The frustrating thing for Everton is part of it is out of their control. Um, you know, I'm sure most fans are getting tired of, of talking and thinking about John Stones, really. They just want a, a resolution to the saga. It, it doesn't help things, I don't think. In terms of clarity in that, in, but are we moving into a position now where Ronald actually wants clarity, and for want of a better phrase, in terms of the actual type of, of defender he wants now? And I mean clarity, and I mean not somebody who maybe emphasises bringing the ball out rather than defended somebody bought for his, his ability on the ball rather than his ability to stop the ball yeah completely I think what there's no if you look at the players the defenders have been linked with there's a common theme they're all powerful defenders defenders they're all kind of beasts if you like mm. who, are, who are going to um, win the ball aerially uh, be dominant and um, they're not necessarily kind of going to glide out of the back and spread 20 yard passes but their defenders, mm. you know, Koulibaly, um, Bodge, players like that, are, are, you know, not stoppers in the sense, it's not to denigrate mm. them as, as footballers, but they're dominant, powerful defenders. He needs more of them, and he's got too many uh, ball players, if you like. Uh, you know, Holgate's that, really, in a sense. Brendan yeah. Galloway, in a way, is that. Funes Mori, who's another one we'll probably mention, is, is one of them. And Stones is, is one of those. So, uh, I think that, that goes for all defence, really. I think and, and it, not, it's going to be an interesting picture as it evolves how Koeman sh- shapes that defence. I mean, let's not forget as well, and we hope that, that two weeks provides ample recovery time, but we've come over to Germany without Phil Jagielka, the captain and probably the club's currently best out-and-out defender. You know, So uh, looking at the situation and looking at a situation where we may not bring in any new defenders between now and the start of the season only two weeks away you know is it, is it imperative that they do everything they can to get Phil Jagielka on the mend and, and ready to play well we've been here before haven't we it always you know and maybe you know at our cost had, had pause to kind of regret forcing him to, to play I think we've got to allow him to follow a full and patient schedule back to fitness because you know he, he rushed himself back and and Admirably so. He was so. rushed back admirably so for Wembley and probably set him back really in his uh, in his fitness in terms of coming around for this pre-season. Um, but if I said to you, you know, two weeks' time they're going to be facing Tottenham with Deli Ali, uh, Kane, you know, Janssen this Janssen, yeah. you know, a newly kind of emboldened Tottenham, would you really want Mori and maybe Stones to be starting? Stones that, with all that's going on in the background or, you know, maybe... Maybe not even Stones at that point. You know, yeah. It could just be Murray and Galloway. Yeah. I would have concerns about that. Mm. 
Um, quickly before we move on to the midfield, for me, left back seems a pretty one horse race. I mean, I thought Oviedo was steady enough tonight, but for me, he's not doing anything or doing enough to put any pressure or, or significant pressure on Leighton Baines. You know, look, and I don't think Baines is the sort of professional that needs somebody breathing down neck to bring the best out of him, although I'm sure he would, he would welcome that type of pressure. But I don't think Kuma's got a, a decision to make there. No, I agree. Um, Oviedo's a decent deputy, and that's all. It's blunt and to, to the point there, but no, I, I agree. Um, obviously, I wrote quite extensively about the midfield uh, last night after the uh, the Dresden game. Greg, we saw more of Mo Besic today. We saw um, a bit more of Tom Cleverley. Um, we saw James McCarthy for the first time, although admittedly in a wide right role. Yeah. But we also saw Gareth Barry. Now, doesn't didn't take a, a football. Yeah genius or a, you know, a scout with 30 years experience to pick the best of the midfielders out today did it? No no it was as, as clear as anything that Gareth Barry was head and shoulders really above I was going to say any of the other central midfielders but it was only central midfielders that Everton had in, mm. in, the, in, in midfield it was four right across um, so you know, with, in all fairness to uh, particularly James McCarthy asked to operate on the right not his position anyway whatever um, Barry stood out and I was speaking to him afterwards, and uh, you know, he he said that he, he felt the pace, and that he, he thought he seemed dusty. Well, yeah. I think that's quite modest, really. Yeah. All says a lot about the performances around him. Yeah, um, he was tremendous. Really brought a, a rhythm and a, a lead a sense of leading by example, and a focused seventh midfield. It was interesting what you said, Philip. Just explain to people who are listening about he got what Kuma wants to in terms of pressing right. What did you mean by that? Well, Certainly early on, certainly in the first half, I felt that in previous games that I watched Everton this in this preseason, and, and and watching both of the Cubans on the touchline, you know they've been shouting a lot of instructions at the, the holding two, and and in particular their positional play and, and when to go and press, when to hold position, where to press, and and I felt and the impression I've been given is that a, a number of them haven't quite been able to grasp it yet, but for me, Barry was like flawless in that today. You know, he's not the quickest. He's not the most agile player, but he knows when to use his energy. He knows where he where he should be at every time. And look, we saw that. We've seen that. He's you know his positioning, his sense of awareness throughout the last two or three seasons. But I think it was interesting today that when when he felt the need to go and press, he, he was never exposed. He was never he was never found wanting. He did it when he knew it was right and he could make it. Whereas. I'm not picking on him, but there was another example in the second half when Mo Besic had tried to spray a long pass into the middle of the park, got intercepted. He's trying to make amends. You know how Mo is full-blooded and has made a mistake, so wants to go and make amends. He went to try and press uh, a Betis player when he just wasn't on. He should have just held his position and covered the area. Luckily, the pass didn't didn't materialise for the Bessies because the guy he'd gone and pressed had fed the ball, spun off him, and was ten yards closer to Everton's goal. And had left Mo in his wake. Fortunately for Everton, it didn't. The pass didn't materialise. It got cut out. But it's I guess that's maybe an experience thing. And you know, Mo's still a young lad. But unfortunately, as much as Ronald has spoken about young players and and wanting to bed them in, unfortunately the ethos will be well if you're not good enough, you won't play. Regardless yeah. of your age, won't it? So I mean, yeah, Martin has spoke a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot, full stop, and a lot of rubbish o- over the years, didn't he? He did say some things that 
that rang true for me. And I think he said that you know he would advise any footballer, you know, at any level, to watch Gareth Barry, and that you can learn lessons from him. And I just, you know, I just enjoy watching. I do. It's it's an education to see how perfectly he anticipates everything. Um, he's n- he's not in the same league as people like Perlo, or, but I think there's no coincidence that he's looking like he's not particularly slowing down. Mm. These players, their legs start to go, but they're so good, natural, innate footballers. They've got a footballing brain that they can compensate for the lack of of that yeah. by knowing exactly where to be yeah. all the time. He always anticipates. His concentration is brilliant. And he always knows where to position himself. And um, it's a shame that he's, his personality seems to be quite kind of um, diffident in, in many ways. If he was a bit more of a mouth mm. on the pitch, it'd be even better. Because mm. imagine Gareth Barry with all that nous and, and, and experience mm. and shouting and bawling other players out yeah. and telling them where to be. If you could give him that, then it'd be even better, really. But he sort of just does his own thing, gets on with it. Mm. Um, I also wish he was 10 years younger because he had a 25-year-old Gareth Barrett. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember when he was 25, really, but I don't... He's always been a, a very good player, hasn't he? But yeah. in a way, it's mad that, you know, how, how he was written off after yeah. that. He played for England and, and got hammered by Germany and he was blamed for yeah. pace and stuff like that, but... Um, how, how, how much do you see him figuring? Given, look... Well, we know, again... We know, we know Everton are pursuing Vitzel, whether that's going to come to anything or not we don't know obviously there's a lot of talk about Idrissa Gay you know it's, it's an area that, that the manager has clearly decided that he needs to invest in and inject quality yes. to but as we understand it he admires Barry and likes it does does Barry automatically have a have a, a starting position or is he going to be used sparingly this season how, how do you see him I don't think he's going to play as much as he played last season um, but I think he's always got the capacity to surprise anyone who who doubts his uh, the level of his, of his involvement or or value because, you know, people were talking about Besic being our, you know, Besic and McCarthy were at times people were saying they should be the two, you know, no chance. Mm-hmm. It's Gareth Barry's seen off more pretenders to his place, at Aston Villa, at Everton. City, you, you, City. part of a great team at City, yeah. let's not forget. Remember Stuart Brennan, the, you mentioned the other night, mm-hmm. the um, highly thought of Manchester United News, Man City yeah, correspondent, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying, and I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying this, that he was he was amazed with City letting go yeah. to Everton. Um, and they've spent you know, quite a lot of money subsequently on central midfielders, and you think, are they really better than, than Barry? Mm. Not, not necessarily. And yeah, I think he, he'll play a good part. He won't play as much maybe as he did last season, but that's just natural. But I think he's definitely underlined today is important to this, to this squad. We'll take off our Gareth Barry appreciation membership uh, <laughs> hats now and move on. Just briefly, Greg, before we look on to the strikers, which is, is a major talking point after today's uh, events. We, we spoke about overloading on right-wingers, but what about the other side? That, that's an area of concern for me because we spoke about Leighton Baines and we spoke about how he doesn't need competition to bring the best out of him. But what I think he does need is somebody on the left-hand side that he can connect with, somebody that he can relate to, somebody that will, will, will bring... Solvate. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Um, somebody that can... Just get him. Someone just get him. <laughs> just say it. Somebody that can bring the best out of him. And yeah. we always Another say, penal, but, basically. Yeah. yeah. 
but obviously we, the way we understand the way that Kuban likes his wing is somebody with pace he's not quite the same type of player yeah, yeah. but for me and we spoke about last night maybe Kuman isn't as hot on pushing the fullbacks forward but regardless of that you still would want to utilise Leighton Baines pushing forward as a weapon so with we you know, we've seen Morales largely as the only left-sided winger today. Obviously, today we are cleverly, but it's not. He's not his position. No, no, no. So, is that a priority area? Yeah. It, well, I, I was disappointed that Shani Tarashai didn't travel. Mm. Um, we don't know why. We assume, assume he's from he's the injury. Assume, he got obviously he got a bloody nose and was a bit dizzy. Wasn't he? MK Don. So I guess in the bless the uh, the medical <laughs> thing is if, if he's had a minor concussion, you've got to be careful with these things, haven't you? I guess so. Turns out the doctors. The doctor's advice was it might maybe, have been maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, I'd like to see what he can offer in that position. You know, mm. he's a Swiss international now, yeah. uh, but untested in the Premier mm. League. You know, and yeah, it's another area where, like I say, they're, they're overburdened on one side of the pitch and yeah. on the left, they're you know quite the opposite. Really, we, we need to see whether or not um, it's an area of the market they need to identify. Definitely, yeah. absolutely. And obviously. Quite clearly, because we know that the manager went to find try and get Graziano Pella, um, and and unfortunately it didn't come come off. We moved up front now. Yes, he's You've got to say that we moved up front. Phil. It's got to be clear Sorry. for people listening. <laughs> We've moved up front now, Greg. Thank you, Phil. Um, obviously, he wa- much, Phil. he wants he wants uh, support strike for Rom. Now, on the back of today's performance. Rom doesn't just need one support striker, but we need two because that was a particularly poor performance, wasn't it? <laughs> it was anonymous. Um, look, let's just say, put it down to the fact that he's not played in a good while since the end of the Euros. Um, he's been doing his thing out in Miami and uh, New York and elsewhere with Paul Pogba and uh, all his pals out there and whatever. You know, let's chalk it off. If, you, if, he, if he's like that again on Wednesday, then he's got serious questions to answer because... He was, anonymous, he was anonymous, he was very poor and just uh, didn't offer anything. And as I think you said in your ratings or it might have been in, in, in your analysis of the game, he actually made Kone look like the, the player yeah. alongside him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, speaking about Aruna then, you know, that was his first outing, yeah. by the way. So the, the first time they both played. Well, yeah, there you go, exactly. And he'd been injured as well. Ron wasn't carrying an injury. So <laughs> it's a difficult question and I... Look, it's 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 a sixty seventy minutes performance, which was up and down from Kone. So take it with a pinch of salt. But is he giving you food for thought that maybe his Everton career isn't quite done and dusty? You know, he's got twelve months left. Yeah, Do you think he's shown bit, yeah. maybe enough that if he can stay fit, well, as a third choice, yeah, yeah. as a third choice, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I am. Well, look, I think he has got a twelve month Everton future because let's be honest, I don't think anyone's going to want to buy him, mm. pay money for him. Um, as a free agent that's a different story I think he could do a job elsewhere whatever not our problem but as, a, as an option when injuries bite a third choice he's strong he's a, you know he's strong he's alright to hold the ball up with his back to goal decent enough today wasn't yeah it? you know he's experienced yeah you still need a sports another sports striker desperately mm, yeah I think the short on goals how many chances how many shots on target do we have today crikey I, and, and with the goal was an own goal. Conor, so, Grant, Conor Grant had one in the second half. Was that not side netting? Or? No, he hit side netting as well. Oh, so right, he, had, okay. he had a low one in the Oviedo. That was that was one early in the first half, wasn't it? Two, three. 
pretty shot shy then I think yeah God, yeah, yeah they definitely just I mean, strike yeah see I, the irony being that in the first game using Daily Faye was the outlet probably should have got four or five really yeah and you know we said this last night didn't we about Jerry he's, the thing is he's always too too good for his own good in the way that sorry too skillful mm. that didn't make any sense whatsoever too good for your own good that, whatever um, he'll go round you know, the last man and, and get it to the keeper he'll, he'll think about it or he'll try and go round the keeper yeah. or do something you know rather than just put his foot, foot he narrows the angle for himself yeah, doesn't he I just don't it's just not a striker no basically. And he's not yeah. a striker. but he didn't come to us as a striker he came as a winger no, but you know he's, he's he's showing that he's he's adaptable at least, and I think I think if we reflect now and, and sort of sort of tie up this this podcast, I think would you agree that the player that's probably stood out the most in, in the two days in Dresden is De La Feu? Um, well, I'll put it this way: then, which player of the fit players available? Yeah. Is the first name on Cooman's team sheet for Wednesday night at, at Old Trafford? Who's the first name on that team sheet? Yeah, all right, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, I would have said Barkley because I think he he'd been prior to Germany, really kind of you know, building up to to the Barkley that we hoped that he you know that we we know was in there somewhere. Mm. And then last night he just didn't just didn't happen, did it? No. Um, so. Whereas Jerry has been actually fairly consistent and, you know, he's, he's looking fitter. Mm. Hopefully, it's working with Klutenberg and under Koeman, yeah. the intensity of his pre-season, it, they'll solve the stamina issues. So, yeah, I would say Jerry and then very shortly after that, Gareth Barry. Mm. The interesting thing, though, is after that, who else would you say is nailed on? you comfortable going to Old Trafford? Baines, I suppose, sorry. Baines yeah. is, is nailed on. Ste- Coleman, I guess, is nailed on. Stecklenburg is probably going to be first choice. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's only a testimony, it's only pre-season, but again, would you be comfortable going to Old Trafford with, with Jerry as the support striker? Yeah, I would do, yeah, because he offers something different. Um, I think he's earned the right, hasn't he, to, I think he to has, play that role? Yeah, I think he has. Although, you know, it brings us to the... You know, effectively, we've known him as a right winger. And I'll, I'll ask you, Phil, mm. um, a bit of a... You know, I'll answer of, it. yeah. Bit of a hard question, really, because I think Aaron Lennon has mm. just looked well. How's he looked? Again, with the mitigation, it's pre-season, but he's not shown either of us and the people we've spoken to. You know, we were speaking to some guys in here last night, weren't we? Who said, "What's going on?" You know, he's lost the spark that he showed in January yeah, and February, yeah, yeah. Um, and I wonder maybe if he's feeling a little. Lost under Koeman, maybe he's questioning in if he's actually got a, a, a long-term future because it was it was Martinez that brought him out of the cold from Spurs and brought him to and made him a big part of the team. I wonder whether he's kind of getting the vibes that maybe he's he's not going to fit in. Um, I don't know. Look, he, he always tries incredibly hard. He did again when he came on today in his cameo, but you know he's not in the team to try hard. He's in, his, he's in the team to take players on, get to the byline, make stuff happen. <laughs> Look, I hope I hope that he can rediscover his form, but I can't see him being a starter on August the thirteenth. No, nor can I. So uh, I suppose, kind of that that brings us. But maybe just a little mention, just to conclude things on the young lads. You know, the, the kind of second tier, the, mm. the lads who who have uh, been given a good chance so far in pre-season, and um, 
you know, you, you, anyone who's read our analysis of the last couple of days and uh, so on and so forth might have already sensed, but it's been a little bit disappointing for Tom Davis and Kieran Dowell in particular. Um, I, think, I think a really important learning curve for them. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a, a check on the expectation more than anything else. Yeah. Not that, the, that I the, think the hype is wrong. No. The I, hype has I, been I, diluted I, a bit. And I think it's probably healthy for both of them. Um, you know, I think Tom, you know, I spoke about experienced midfield players perhaps struggling to adapt and understand and put into practice Cumin's methods. And I think, you know, Tom has got a, a huge future ahead of him. He's only just turned 18, remember. Just turned 18. So he needs to be given the time to understand. You know, he's in, he's in the first team squad on merit and hopefully he'll, he'll remain there and, and learn and, and, and spend this season. Hopefully he gets some opportunities, but mainly he's on the training ground with Ronald Cumin every day and he's, and he's learning the craft of a top flight central midfielder and you know he'll be better for the for the process we can't as much as we would love to have seen him sparkle in these couple of games it's only natural that he's, he's going to take time the same with Kieran Dahl you know he's a he's a, he's a young lad in a, in, a, in a man's game and it's uncompromising at the top you ask Ross Barkley playing 10 at Premier League football you know it's mm. it, chances are few and far between and you can easily get eaten up can't you so definitely all I'd say on that though and I'm being being setting aside, you know, emotion and the fact that we desperately want lads from the academy to do well, local lads in particular. What I would say is, if um, Cumin gets his signings in, from what we've seen over the last two days, for me, Dowell and Davis aren't in the matchday squad. Yeah, now, perhaps not. No. If he gets his signings in, I mean, mm. you know, it's now. I, would we have said that after the Norwich game? Uh, and during the summer we were hoping that they were both going to be mm. very much and look things can change one or both might have a stormer on Wednesday or really yeah. turn it on against Espanyol but you know we're dealing in you know kind of game to game basis and we know the ability they've got yeah. but they've not really kind of kicked on so far as much as we hoped and as you say just 18 plenty of time for them to develop but maybe um, that Norwich snapshot that we got of them was a little bit misleading in the sense that it suggested that they were both ready to stake claim to, well, almost first team spots, mm. never mind the bench. But I think maybe we'll see. maybe that's we've had to kind of reassess that in terms of, you know, at that point we didn't know who the new manager was, did we? No. And at that point we weren't certain about what the intention was. So look, I, I, you know, let's put no pressure on these lads. You know, I think it's important they remain. Maybe for the first half of the season, very much within the first team squad set up, play under 23 football, and maybe maybe the manager will want a six month loan for them in the championship as, as a sort of vital learning curve. But that's that's a discussion for another time. But uh, there we are. So we we, we conclude uh, three well three days for ourselves and two games in Dresden in Germany on, on Everton's mini two game tour of Dresden. Uh, it's been hopefully largely worthwhile, but obviously. Probably we've returned with more questions and answers. That's fair, isn't it, Greg? I'd say so, yeah, definitely. More questions and answers and certainly scope for improvement. But um, let's not get too downbeat about things. We're still, you know, going into a new era with one of the most respected coaches in the Premier League, one of. Mm. Um, we've still just gone and pinched the champion director of football. And we've still got a, a new majority investor who's, you know, kind of... Looks like he means business and has got more money than Everton have ever had, arguably the 60s in relative terms. So plenty of positives. Let's not get carried away with a couple of defeats. And um, let's just hope that things pick up in the transfer market. Thanks for listening. And um, look out for podcasts 
and we'll be joined by the usual crew with Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott back into the fold next week. Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford smart pakkers. Niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford smart pakkers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 gig en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe hier voordeel mee, Telford. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.